Hello and welcome to Views from the Market, Mid-Market M&A and Private Equity in Canada. My name is Mario Negro. I'm a partner in the Private Equity and M&A group at Steichman Elliott. And I'd like to introduce our, our guest today, uh, Christian Davis. Uh, Christian is a managing director at uh, CIBC and their Mid-Market Investment Banking Group. Christian, thank you for joining us today. It's great to have you here. Um, I know uh, CIBC is very active uh, in the mid-market and very active on the sell side, and I know you're a key part of that team. And it's great to have you join us and and have your have your experience. Tell us a little bit about your experience. So, thank you for joining us. Pleasure, Mario. Thank you for ha- for having me. Um, Christian, I want to start by just you know learning a little bit more about yourself more about the group at CIBC for our listeners just if you if you could tell us a little bit about you and and the group and and what you're working on uh in in uh these days in the market yeah thanks so uh, just quickly on myself um i've i've been in the team here 15 years uh, i guess a recovering engineer so prior prior to that spent some time working as an engineer but uh, CIBC's Mid-Market Investment Banking Group, I would say, has a really long history in the mid-market space, yeah, M&A space here in Canada, um, probably uh, you know, among or, or the longest within the bank-owned groups. You know, our focus really is on helping, as you said, owner-operators uh, you know, quite, quite a bit, heavily focused on sell-side. Um, I, I would say our, our, our focus really is on diversified businesses, but of late, as you know, uh, have uh, really delved into the technology and the software space as well. Uh, overall, we kind of look at businesses in the 10 to $200 million range. Um, we probably do, uh, differentiate ourselves a little bit between, uh, I guess, given our strong ties to our capital markets team, and even our strong ties to our U.S. middle market M&A team as well, who we work with closely. Um, in terms of what we're seeing, uh, listen, everyone's saying it. You know, the market is very active. We are probably as busy as we've ever been, right? Um, it, is, it is a bit of a mixed market. It's a very strong market for the businesses that are doing well. Um, you know, certainly the, it's not as strong for those who've had some, some issues through COVID. Um, our, our business is really, again, focused on sell side. And what I would say is we're seeing a lot of service distribution and technology businesses these days, probably a few less manufacturing businesses than, than pre-COVID at the moment. Um, and, and really probably a variety of processes, right? Um, we're seeing traditional broader processes as well as narrow processes, one-off uh, um, or really narrow processes where there's people have knocked on the, on the door of, of a business. So uh, it, it's it's a really interesting market at the moment, um, but it's it remains really strong and it remains, uh, to everyone's surprise, very much uh, a seller's market at the moment. And Christian, you know, to, to you know, given CIBC's experience, particularly with with sellers and your you know strong relationship with sellers, so you have a front a front row view. I, I'm you know. Curious your your thoughts on on uh, sure to be appreciated to hear. Why do you think sellers are are you know given the you know the pandemic and all that's going on? Why do you think sellers are more interested in selling now than than they've ever been? What what to get your perspective on what you think is driving this this interest in selling right now? 
Yeah, so probably a, a few things. One, as we've all talked about, this wave of you know, demographic change here. So, so, so certainly sellers are, are getting older. Um, I would say we've seen it coming and it's, and it's been coming. We were active uh, before the pandemic, um, really active through it in terms of signing up uh, new, new mandates and really active in terms of having conversations with sellers. So we're seeing a lot of family conversations. Um, we're seeing folks trying to decide that, saying that they're, they're a bit fatigued as well, right? Obviously COVID uh, has, has pushed them to kind of reconsider ownership of businesses. Um, what I would say is we saw a lot of the same things through the, the 2008 financial crisis, um, but coming out of that, you didn't see the buyers, right? So I think what you, where you've got now is is folks that, from a demographics point of view, and from maybe those that, that were owning businesses that were they weren't fully active in, and they were more of a, a lifestyle business, uh, making the decisions with family and and partners to to kind of say now is when we want to start thinking about um, about an exit. That's number one. Number two, I would say is we actually see younger people selling businesses these days, more of um, what I would call kind of more serial entrepreneurs, those that are driving businesses, driving growth, and, and, and are really looking for those partners to, to continue growing those businesses. So, um, you know, as you know, again, the, uh, um, the private equity market here in Canada has really uh, matured and people are, are kind of seeing the value of partnering and growing businesses. Um, so, so those, those are transactions we're seeing more of as well. You know, Christian, one of the things that, that we see in the market or we hear about in the market is, you know, that that's motivating sellers is this focus on, on price, the feeling that, you know, it's never been a better time to sell in terms of being able to get uh, a, a very robust price for your business. Are you seeing that on the ground? And is, is that, you know, also a factor or, or is that something more that, you know, it depends on the circumstance. What, what's your sense? Is it, and everybody talks as though everybody's <laughs> paying more. It seems like it, it, it feels that way, but I wanted to, you know, given your front row view, what, what, what's your sense? I mean, are people paying more? Is it, is it a, you know, cross the board? Is, is it specific? It would, would be great to get your perspective on, on, on price and, and, and the motivations the price is having on, on the market and the sellers. Yeah. So, <laughs> You know, it's, it's a bit all over the board, right? So I would say uh, top line, yes, you know, prices are at least as high as they were, kind of call it pre-pandemic. We're seeing that in our business. I'll, maybe I'll, I'll touch upon, you know, tech and software prices are, are you know, certainly higher and, and, and very, very strong. I'll, I'll maybe put those to the side a little bit and think about kind of the diversified businesses. Um, Again, there are the kind of the COVID winners and COVID losers to a certain degree here. So uh, those that have performed relatively well um, and, and have shown kind of performance through COVID, I would say prices are, are at or, or kind of near kind of pre-pandemic levels. And th those th those that didn't perform well, you know, maybe we're not even able to to, to get a buyer to the table or it's, it's a very depressed level that the buyers are looking to kind of push that off. Um, 
what I would say on price and what we're seeing from a structure perspective, you know, there's there's a lot of discussions around around price these days and kind of the effect of COVID. Um, so we are seeing top line prices remain very strong. In certain cases, we're seeing that being structured in through earnouts, right? So uh, as you might expect, um, earnouts have increased over this period um, to help keep those top line numbers up. It, just just quickly on, on our deals, you know, we're probably north of 50% of our, our deals um, that we've closed this year at our, or are in exclusivity have an earnout, which is, which is higher, certainly higher than normal. Um, but price, I would say, again, is where we're seeing strong interest in, 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 um, from buyers is number one on public companies, right? So there's a lot of capital out in the markets that has been raised and that is being put to use. So we're seeing transactions that have uh, public equity as part of those transactions and that, that can certainly uh, help raise the price. Um, and then on a private equity side, I would say where we're seeing prices remain really strong is on private equity backed businesses that are buying add-ons, right? So they've already invested in the business and they've, they, they've invested in the thesis and they, they know they want to make an additional acquisition and they have the ability to kind of leverage their, their existing platform. There, those are businesses where we're seeing the, an ability to, to keep prices high. Um, where I would say maybe there are some more difficulties are are on businesses yeah, that had had some challenges through COVID and 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 are maybe a platform business for for private equity and 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 certainly um, you know while banks are out lending it's it, there are there are still some concerns around you know COVID adjustments and those things that that can limit the amount of leverage you can you can get on on some of those businesses so I would say more platform businesses. Uh, in certain cases, our uh, price is a bit more restricted. Christian, you, uh, there was a lot of great points you just brought out that I want to drill down on. One, um, if, if I can ask you uh, about, it's interesting how you noted that in your experience, you're seeing sellers, you know, more willing to accept, or you're seeing more deals done with earnouts because traditionally, obviously, sellers push back on the earnouts hard, you know, uh, um, and 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 so it, it sounds. Can I ask you why do you think sellers have been more willing to accept their notes is it is it because people are paying more is it is it just the you know that's the, that's the way you get a deal done i'm just curious um what your experience has been seeing sellers accept more notes and what what's driving that yeah so a couple of things again one i would i'll, I'll say you know, more traditional in technology and software businesses. So we're, we definitely see it, see it there. And I would say, you know, the percent of earnout within the, the deal structure is higher in those businesses. On the diversified side, you're right. In, in the last few years pre-COVID, I would, I would say most of the deals we got, we got done were really cash at close. Um, if there was some rollover on a, on a private equity deal, right? Certainly there was no, no earnout required. Um, and very few deals, except maybe the really higher growth businesses required, required an, an earnout. Um, nowadays, I would say it is in part just trying to line up the value expectations, right? And, and those are, can be COVID bumps or COVID dips, right? So, uh, both can be hard for, for 
for buyers and sellers to line up at value expectations. But generally, business owners these days know that that there's uncertainty in terms of business performance over the last year and then and going forward. And earnouts uh, are often just the easiest way to uh, to deal with those. It, it does show that they're confident about the business and and you know continue to grow that business, and that can often help the buyer gain confidence uh, in, in in the acquisition as well, right? But certainly, they're they're broadly understanding that uh, that is a key deal term to get to the, the higher valuations. And one of the things I was hoping to explore with you, you you've highlighted in a few of your comments, Christian, is uh, is the role of private equity, and it, it appears that they're they're very active participants in the market from what you, your experience has been. And, uh, and so I'm curious to, to kind of drill down on that with you and get your perspective on what you've seen from private equity and, and both Canadian and U S and the role that they're playing uh, during the pandemic and the last, the last while. So it, it sounds like you have seen a very ac- active uh, private equity buyer market. And it, it seems like it's uh, it plays a key role in your deal flow. So, yeah, definitely, definitely. So a couple of things there again. I would say everyone's adapted really well to the virtual process, right? Um, I think I think the traditional private equity at the beginning would have said, yeah, I'm not sure I will invest cross-border without meeting someone. I think that's that's changed, certainly. Uh, we, we've done a number of, of cross-border deals uh, in cases, people get across the border um, at the right time in the process and, and have a meeting. In cases, uh, they are able to validate, um, I guess, people and, and facilities, you know, that bit of that, that touchy-feely piece, uh, even through reference, right? Uh, we were seeing those U.S. private equity groups um, that are had an interest in Canada continue to have an interest in Canada. And often they have... They maybe have an investment here already, and they can they can leverage that to a certain extent. There are a few groups we've we've talked to that say no, we're not we're not investing until we can cross the border. That that's certainly out there, but for the most part, we are seeing actually um, more engagement from a lot of the U.S. firms, and through the process, there is more engagement between those firms and the sellers. Uh, where traditionally we might have had them come up for a you know, a management meeting and and a dinner. They now have uh, virtual meetings. Uh, you know, through a management meeting, but also over over the diligence period, so that they actually get to see each other face to face quite a bit more than they had in previous deals. So so there is there is a level of familiarity they get with the uh, the sellers. Um, one other thing I might I might kind of a couple of things I might add actually are. We, we have seen in certain cases where the opportunity cost to put in offers has, has gone down a little bit, right? So in a few cases, we've received quite a few offers for businesses, um, but you can tell that some folks, uh, I would say, are putting in offers and then their priorities may change a little bit because they've had the opportunity to put in and probably expand their their you know their rods in the water a little bit um so certainly that's something that's of interest right it's, so it sounds from from your experience from a from a seller's point of view then you know in terms of being able to uh relate to buyers who they can't 
touch or they can't see, it hasn't slowed down the process. Sellers have been able to adjust to negotiating and selling companies and even, I guess it's on an even rolling over to, to buyers that they arguably haven't met yet. Yeah. That- yeah. 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 I think that that's a hundred percent correct. Um, it, it, although I might, I might say it may have slowed down the process a little bit. Certainly processes I find are taking a little bit longer and the diligence process takes a bit longer. And, and you know, as I say, they, they, they see each other, over many more meetings and in person over over Zoom or, or Teams, um, but they're, they're able to kind of get that 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 comfort level with each other. Uh, processes have probably slowed down a little bit as well due to other constraints. As, as you know, everyone's busy, right? So, so lawyers are busy. Uh, you know, Q V providers are busy. So the intermediaries are busy. Um, so there are constraints within the system that are, that are you know causing some. Yeah, bottlenecks, I guess, within uh, processes as well. But overall, um, they're able to do it. It may just take a little bit longer. Before we go, I have to ask you uh, the. Uh, I always have a crystal ball question that uh, Christian, I, I, I'm giving you close to the ground and have your what's the ear ear to the action, whatever the right way to say it is. I wanted to get your perspective on where you think this market is going and and uh and and what you think the next uh, year or two are going to bring uh i would be great to hear from you on on where do you think what comes next where do you think this all goes so so i think easy the easy answer here you know roaring 20s are probably you know upon us over the next few years um I think that bodes well for the market. Um, we're seeing in Canada, private equity continues to raise money. Um, that's it's not an issue. So dry powder, you know, continues to increase. I actually saw, I think, an article today saying the the private capital market uh, is at is global, but seven trillion dollars now and expected to sort of double over the next uh, next four or five years. So I think there, there's a lot of capital still flowing into the into the private markets here. Um, and I, and then I do think from a seller's perspective, you know, we'll continue to see those business owners come to the table. So, um, it, really a strong market probably for, for sellers over the next few years in, in the near term, I think a little bit about the summer here and wonder how that's going to impact some of the, the transactions, you know, as I, I talked about some of the constraints within the system, I think as we get back to. Uh, you know, a bit more of an open market here. Uh, people may take vacations. Summer may be a bit of a slower period over this year. That's in the very near term. And then, you know, as the crystal ball, uh, longer term, I think that the big worry for everyone probably is more on the inflationary side, right? So are we going to see sort of transitory inflation? Are we going to see more fundamental inflation? And how will that translate into, into rates and ultimately into... Yeah, interest rates and the ability for for firms to access you know cheap capital, right? I think that will be something we're going to look for over the the medium term, but probably not over the the near term here. Christian, I want to say thank you for joining us. Uh, really appreciate uh, your insight and your perspective. And thank you again, Christian Davis, is the managing director of the Bid Market Investment Banking Group at CIBC. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks, Mario. My pleasure.